Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the new director's cut in February 2020 from Luke Smith, talking about a lot of things coming down the road and what they're thinking about changing stuff. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live when I'm streaming. And if not, and you're watching on YouTube, hitting like, share, subscribe, hitting the little bell button and leaving a comment is a super easy way to help me out. I appreciate all of you that do that. So we're going to be doing two talks and two Q&As today because they dropped a bombshell of a director's cut on us after the really, really cool and exciting sort of unforeseen announcement about trials with the video after Empyrean Restoration was hit. So that'll be a separate video. And the director's cut is jam-packed full of really, really good things from Luke Smith. If you haven't read it yet, I'm not going to read it to you. I'm going to scroll through and give you the best Cliff Notes summary I can, and then we'll transition to Q&A. So again, if you're submitting questions, make sure they're about that. We'll do the trials talk separately. So first and foremost, I think overall, if I'm just going to give you a quick flyover intro before we get into this, I love how accurate Luke Smith sort of speaks to problems, challenges, and he also echoes community sentiment very, very well in this in this director's cut. So if you read this, you're going to hear a lot of things that either I have said or the community has said over the past couple of months, and it's really, really good to hear this right from the director himself, the head of the franchise, talking about all these different things. So I am very, very encouraged by everything that's in here. I'm only sad about one thing, and we'll get to that in a moment. So first and foremost... He talks about aspiration. He kind of kicks things off by talking about how there is a huge lack of aspirational content and drive in the game right now. That's related to other things that he talks about. There's there's some intertwining themes here, but he does kick things off by saying they need to refuel aspirational uh, aspiration in Destiny 2. And a bunch of what we're going to cover in this edition of the Director's Cut is going to orbit this. So again, similar to my videos about the nerfs and the things that are happening to the weapons in relation to Grandmaster Master Nightfalls, a lot of what's in this director's cut is around the idea of a lack of aspiration, a lack of drive. He said, he, he, he basically said that the winter season is one of the best seasons they've ever done, but something felt off, and he really echoed the idea that there was this lack of drive, this lack of things to chase with respect to a lot of the things in the game, and so first, he talks about seasons, seasons of change, and how they want to approach seasons. One of the things he made clear was they're going to be less of this idea that content comes in and then leaves and never comes back. It's going to be more of a push towards repurposing content. I know people get tired of me talking about that and pushing for that, but it does seem like they're going to lean a little bit more heavily on taking core activities in the game and having a seasonal theme so you have a drive into core activities like strikes, nightfalls, and other things of that nature. Crucible, trials. These are places that are going to have seasonal themes, which would then have you doing those activities and driving for those things he also talked about repurposing reusing and getting more capital out of the public space areas so many of the planets we've been talking about recently there's no reason to go there nobody really pays any attention to them obviously if it's the flashpoint bringing that more alive adding more presence and more things there again this is very much in line with what I thought they were going to be doing further down the road which was start coming through the game and repurposing areas and content and spaces and activities and it seems like that might be happening more sooner than later again this is a pushback of the idea that people don't like the fact that like content comes in and then leaves and what he ends up talking about here is the seasonal content sort of competes with the core activity content Like, you're always feeling like, oh, I've got to play the new activity. I don't want to fiddle around with any of that. I think he wants to bring more of a harmony to the game where everything's sort of complementing 
Uh, everything's sort of complementing themselves as opposed to competing. This is sort of in line with the bounties and the XP. He even mentions that like XP leveling isn't really where they want it to be right now. Living in lost sectors is not their ideal. It's good to hear him say that because we've been talking about that a lot. And when the core activities actually compete against other activities in the game, that's one of the problems. He says that here. He says they have new rewards. They award players powerful gear, but they don't provide a bunch of act- XP. Core activities provide a bunch of XP, but you still feel the pain of how many more seasons you know until I get the thing that I want from Drifter and so he talks about creating more of a system where all of that is living in harmony he also says less FOMO there will be less fear of missing out right that's what FOMO is and there's going to be less FOMO in the future he admits there's too much FOMO presently in the seasonal format so those of you that were very critical of the seasonal format or you sort of bristled at the amount of FOMO he's 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 agreeing with you he is saying there's too much I was okay with it I didn't think it was that big of a deal but again that's something the community has been providing with feedback and Luke Smith is sort of echoing back to the community there will be less FOMO going forward in seasons Now, linked to all of this, linked to the lack of aspiration, linked to the seasonal format and you wanting to chase stuff is weapons. This is going to sound very familiar to things I've been talking about. I know people hate when I talk about this because they don't want their gear to go away, but he talks about weapons forever. The problem with letting people keep their weapons forever. Uh, If you can go back all all the way back to my pre-Forsaken videos before Forsaken even came out, not Shadowkeep, Forsaken. Before Forsaken came out, I was very much against the idea of letting people continue to infuse their weapons for forever. I said it would eventually hurt loot incentivization. It would dilute loot incentive if you could continue to keep god rolls with you for forever. I really felt like those chickens came home to roost in the most recent season. The sentiment in a lot of the community was, I don't need to chase anything. I don't need to go for anything. I have tons of god rolls. Luke Smith attacks this subject from a completely different standpoint and it's really really helpful, the insight that he gives us. He talks about how weapons that are always here when they design a weapon or activities they always have to consider the fact that the weapon's always available you can always use it and i think that's limiting both the power and the spice that they can put on a particular weapon and it also limits what they can do with activities as well with the way that they structure the content with the way that they structure the guns they're sort of having to think when i design this weapon i gotta be careful it's always going to be here they can always infuse it and that's limiting what they do he also talks about raid weapons trials weapons not having room to breathe because there's so many weapons in the game right now and anytime they add a weapon it's here for forever if you remember when i talked about i did my little almost like a little skit of carrying 10 god roll hand cannons in your arms and walking up to bungie and being like what else do you got do you got anything else for me it's really hard for them to do that if you're holding on to weapons for forever and by and large a lot of us just slap the weapons in the vault and we don't use a lot of them anyway but we keep them for forever the analogy he says is it's like you have all of the magic cards from a magic deck and you can use them all the time anywhere forever and it really limits sort of the decision making it limits some of the incentive and the drive and he talks about that being a challenge and he, he mentions you know the recluse something that's so ins- insanely strong just sort of over you know over overshadowing the entire weapon pool and then he comes down here and he says our hope 
is that instead of having to account for a weapon's viability for forever when we create one, it can be easier to let something powerful exist in the ecosystem. And those potent weapons entering the ecosystem mean there's more fun items to pursue. So you're going to hear this, you're going to bristle, and you're going to get angry like, oh, they're going to take my weapons away. But their hope is the result will be they can create better and more powerful weapons because they're not around for forever. Raid weapons would be a good example. It can do something saucy, something extra cool, something extra powerful in that raid. Doesn't matter. It's limited. It's only going to last for, in their mind down here, he says, end game viable lifespan will be about 9 to 15 months. The key word there, the key point is end game viable lifespan. He's not saying they're going to delete your weapons or take them away. This is what I talked about in a lot of my videos recently. A natural player choice pruning process. You don't have to go into endgame content. Nobody's forcing you. If you want to, the endgame viability of your weapons aren't going to last for forever. You're going to want to chase the new things. You're going to want to get that new hotness. You're going to want to get that new perk and that new god roll because it's going to be, as he said, their hope is to make more powerful weapons rolling into the ecosystem this pairs very well if you've watched my armor uh, video about the seasonal mod system always rolling forward letting some stuff fall off while chasing the new this will pair very well with that you'll consistently be thinking if I want to go into endgame I need to go get the new hotness Bungie can say we can make new hotness we can make stronger things because this gun's not going to last for forever it's going to free them up create breathing room and hopefully create more incentive for you to go into as he said at the beginning of this aspirational content since there's such a lack of that then he moves on to talk about some things at the end that are a little bit disappointing and this is where I get a little sad he says they have no plan to bring back faction rallies so you can deflate my video and I know people get tired of saying that I'm right a lot of this director's cut is a lot of what I've been saying for months and people get tired of me being like I was right well here take with this one home and pin it and and bronze it you can take this victory home I was wrong okay I was wrong faction rallies are not coming back they have no plans to bring them back however the gear is going to be trickled out in a way that it'll be in some of the reward pools so we can get some of the weapons and some of the armor from factions but they have no plan to bring them back he says our character cast is growing too large and crucially they didn't drive a bunch of engagement with the game that's because factions sucked but that's beside the point they're not coming back bright engrams were no longer be no, no longer be purchasable because they don't really do what they want them to do uh, on a principle they're no longer to be sold in the eververse store but they'll still appear on that track in the season pass as a way for you to get maybe items that you missed or for new light players it's a great way for them to get items that aren't around anymore and they're some of the best of items Speaking of new light players, the next thing he talks about is new light. They're going to make the intro a lot better. He said, we dramatically italicized for effect. We dramatically underestimated how many new guardians would wake up in the Cosmodrome. That's encouraging. Lots of folks are checking out the game. We're going to improve the new light entry this fall and flesh out the starting experience. So it isn't a front burner issue. As I said in a couple of videos ago, it does need tool. I said, this is something that needs to happen. This is good player feedback. It's probably not a front burner issue. It's not going to happen until the fall. They're also revamping the quest log to give you categories. So you can have current exotic and old quest logs kind of categorized. So you know, what's most relevant to you, what might be going away, what's an exotic, what's not. So they're going to be giving a quality of life thing to the quest tab. Apparently there's going to be a couple more of these. We'll read through them. We'll discuss them. We'll do Q and a overall. I'm very encouraged to see significant problems addressed from the head of the franchise both a lack of aspirational content seasonal format not quite being where they want it to be 
but they're not going to necessarily push to tons of hardcore content for aspirational content. They're going to allow the weapon system to breathe, to leave room for those aspirational guns, and they're going to invest in core activities as opposed to an activity that goes away when the season is over and less FOMO. So, by and large, very encouraged, excited for the future. I trust this guy. I think he knows where to take the game and what to do with it, and we're going to transition to Q&A. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, and as always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the director's cut from Luke Smith that went live on February the 26th. Uh, this is going to be the Q&A that followed that. And if you listen to that already uh, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can also always catch me live when we do these Q&A sessions and talks live on the channel. If you're on YouTube, like, share, subscribe, and hitting the little bell button is a great way to help me out whenever I do these talks. We're going to jump right into the questions. We're going to try and keep this close to an hour. Dagnabbit Ben says, With weapons becoming another temporary thing, which I am fine with, we need the things that do last forever to feel better, such as ornaments, titles, emblems, etc. I wouldn't even mind weapons becoming skins, i.e. Uriel's skin on 450s. What are your thoughts on this concern? Well, when I look at the weapon pool right now, and I go into collections, and I start combing over all the weapons that are in there. We always do this. Like, look at all the many cool weapons there were back in D1. We look at all the, the there's there's the the annual skate, Suros hand cannon. We're like, oh, that looks so cool. And we look at all those those old weapons. We looked at the Dreaming City weapons the other day. They're so cool looking, so nice. The Tiger Spite is such a dope looking weapon. And yet it just kind of sits and I, I don't really use it. So... You're saying ornaments, titles, and emblems should feel better. Unfortunately, that's that's kind of subjective. So it's difficult for them to say, well, we are going to have things that eventually kind of fade and then other things that come in to replace them. We need the permanent things to feel better. I I don't disagree with the sentimentality, but I don't know exactly how to speak to that. I also don't know how, how Luke Smith can directly speak to that in his, in his director's cut because it's kind of like, well, you know, this is more big picture. This is more you know, a a philosophy discussion than it is like a specifics uh, discussion. And so if like with titles like with titles like, uh, you know, the what was the one that we saw in the video? Uh, uh, um, Flawless, you know, with titles like that and stuff like that coming, that's subjective too. You might not care about a title that says flawless. Somebody that likes to run trials really thinks that's a dope title and they're going to go for it. So I could, I could definitely see there being room for maybe more items that are more permanent. Maybe that's something they could do with the Grandmaster Nightfalls. Grandmaster loot or Grandmaster this could be um, a way for them to give you something that feels a little bit more value and a little bit more uh, valuable and a little bit more permanent. Uh, Hockey Dan. Why are people so upset about the weapon retirements? What's stopping me from running old content with it? Am I missing something? Well, the key word here is, is they say end game viable. Okay. End game viable. So you can continue using your weapons in virtually all the rest of the content. You want to run strikes. You want to do lost sectors, pub events. Uh, do you want to go play PvP? You can just continue using those weapons. But end game viability, if you go into trials, that's probably one of the reasons that they're doing power enabled on trials is for this particular reason. We'll talk about that in a minute, but th- that's... That's probably all related. New dungeon, new raid, new endgame content, new grandmaster this, new grandmaster that. You know, endgame viable, you're like, well, I'm going to have to chase the new hotness. And as he said, aspirations lacking right now. How do you make weapons in the raid, 
stronger without creating power creep well i'll tell you how you do exactly what he talked about in this end game viability has a shelf life and that's how they kind of have those weapons rolling off so as he said in the talk their hope is this results in stronger weapons entering the ecosystem because they know it's not going to be here for forever in the end game power structure so when someone's designing a raid or a new grandmaster modifier or a new environment or a new this they can say that's fine i don't have to worry about those weapons from nine months ago they're falling off end game viability And that's exactly something we've been talking about recently. How do they get you to self-prune your weapons? Well, this is a way of doing it. Well, you're you're making me get rid of my weapons. You're taking my weapons from me. Are they, though? Like, you don't have to go run the endgame. If you want to, they're creating rules about how that's going to work. And one of those rules will be you're going to want new stuff. You're not going to want to run the old stuff. It, it would be like going into the end game raid and be like, well, I don't want to have to level. You just took away my level. Basically, I was max level and now I'm not max level. Yeah, that's kind of the rules of the end game, right? You got to level up to come in here. You're no longer at max level. Your gun's no longer end game viable. You got to get new stuff to be end game viable. I, I don't know. To me, this seems like a really, really good and logical, uh, logical system as opposed to the current problem of everyone has been saying you can't say since January that you get, you don't give a rip about chasing anything because you have all the best guns, you have all the god rolls, and then when they do this you're like, well now hang on a minute like, we understand that loot incentive has slowly died the more and more weapons we've amassed, it just I think it's going to take people just admitting and facing facts that what I called for before Forsaken is really coming home to roost and now being admitted by the franchise's lead, like the head of the franchise is like we can't keep doing this you have too much stuff it's 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 a problem from a developmental standpoint, he talked about that too, they constantly have to consider weapons you have from two years ago when they're designing new content, it's limiting what they can do, it's limiting what they're building it's, it's, it's constraining their developmental freedom, so play or draw do you believe faction realities will not come back because they promote FOMO my reasoning is they want to get rid of how factions make you choose one side and miss out on the others I don't think this is why they're getting rid of factions Luke Smith gave us reasons why they're getting rid of factions and I don't think this is it Johnny do you think weapons rotating they should sunset popular perk combos like outlaw rampage I think what he means here by sunset is that you basically it's like it's always um it's always good or always available. Um, so I would say that doing this may grate against the entire purpose of, uh, of what they're, what they're attempting to do here. And they might not do this. Now they may do it down the road. They may do it down the line. They may say, Oh, you know, we're, we're going to allow some of these perk combinations to just always kind of be around and be viable. You also have to remember they're not messing with the perk combinations. They're not going to let you infuse that gear anymore. I, I, I've talked about this in other videos. Like I, I know people get sick of me saying this, but like I literally outlined this idea. You get, I said 18 months. Luke Smith said 9 to 15. I said, you know, every year to 18 months, they would say, you can't infuse that weapon anymore. Sorry. It's still good in 90% of the content, but if you want to infuse that weapon up to the new power deltas and new power structures, that weapon cannot be infused anymore. Um, 
and that to me that's the only way that's the only way to get you to prune some of your weaponry like you're just not going to prune it if there's nothing in the game that drives you to prune it no one's going to start letting go of hand cannons and shotguns and pulse rifles that they've had for two years if everything that gets added to the game is essentially what we already have Luke Smith talks about that in the raid weapons. He's like, there's there's no room to breathe in the weapon system. It's like, we're just adding other weapons that are essentially just like other weapons that you have. He, he's saying what I've been saying about raid loot since the beginning of Destiny 2 landed. It's like, the raid loot is like, kind of basic. It's kind of like everything else in the game. And he gave a developmental reason as to why that is. When they develop the gun, they have to develop it to exist forever. And when you develop something to exist for forever, you have to be safe and you have to kind of keep it in a safe lane, which is one of the reasons primaries all end up looking very samey after a couple of years. TX Blue. With Luke saying he wants weapon drops to be rare like Fatebringer, do you think raid weapons have room to have random rolls? This again harkens back to the Genesis chain effect I've been talking about. They could go that route and say raid weapons are now static role but they're god tier or they're really unique or special and they can do that knowing that in 9 to 15 months that raid weapon will no longer be end game viable you will no longer be able to infuse it up it's still a great weapon they're not taking it from you you can still take it into a bunch of the content you just wouldn't be able to take it into like the new raid you know a year later you'd be like yeah I can't take this into the new raid it's not going to be strong enough okay so that would enable them to do that. He also said their hope is this enables them to create more powerful weapons knowing that this is only going to be in the ecosystem for a certain amount of time so we can make it actually stronger. And so whenever they do this they'll be able to potentially do what you're getting at. Like a fate bringer static roll drop. They could do this in Grandmaster as well. You get the static roll, you get the thing, you're done. I'm not a huge fan of static rolls and there's a couple of reasons why. Number one, the only way you get longevity out of the content with static rolls is in with a junk drop rate. It's just a junk, absolute junk drop rate. I don't think anarchy is a good testimony in the game right now. I don't think making making people wait until their 50th raid run to finally get it to drop, I don't think that's a good look. I don't think that works with what he's talking about. If it's got a limited if it's got a limited shelf life and you make me wait 50 raid runs to finally get the gun, that's a, you now just lopped months of time off. Well, it's only going to last for nine to 15 months and you just took two or three months away from me. I don't even get to use the weapon now. The other challenge there is Endgame doesn't super, uh, you know, d- doesn't, doesn't stay relevant for forever. So if they create a bunch of Endgame viable weaponry that I can chase in a raid and I have a hard time getting any of it, when I finally do get it, is it going to be relevant to what's going on in the game at that point in time? Will there be a relevant raid, a relevant dungeon? The Grandmaster stuff might be around, but I would be concerned about that. I know Luke Smith says he misses that, but does he say he misses the low drop rate, or does he say he misses having weapons that are at, you know, kind of at that power and rarity? I think in his mind it's a bit of both. I don't necessarily think he's coming out and saying it needs to be a weapon that no one can get and it takes for forever. I'm trying to, I'm having a hard time skimming while talking to try to find where he says that. To, to, to get like a to get a feel for it 50 raid runs that's generous try 123 that's what I mean you're comparing a top rate uh, of an exotic and a legendary no I'm not comparing the drop rate of an exotic and a legendary mango with the juice did you play destiny 1 and try and get a fade bringer it was very very similar you could go literal months and never get 
the Fatebringer. You have three chances a week. I you, there were people that went months before getting Fatebringer. So I don't necessarily know if he's saying that he wants it to be a super low drop rate. I, I don't know if that's where he's wanting to go with it. I'm trying to find where he says that. Um, where he talks about there was something nice about that to see if we can't like deduce his thoughts on it a little bit further. Um, right, entire groups of people could not get them. Like, it, like even even in Destiny One, there was times where you would you would at least see people getting it, and then eventually you just wouldn't. Um, so I don't know where he says it. I'm I'm having a hard time finding. It. I guess I could do a Control F for Fate uh, in the middle of the in the middle of the thing here. Um, there was a lot of learning to do when Destiny launched in 2014 but there was also some really good stuff in that game I think back on it fondly, almost wistfully at times. The weapons from Vault of Glass could be powerful, unique, and rare if you had a Fatebringer, you probably had a bunch of Ascendant Shards to commemorate all the times that you didn't get it I miss those days when rewards were rarer and so special that you celebrated or hated when your friends got one. That's in part because the design of the game gave them space to be different space to be awesome so it does seem like he does think fondly about and miss a time when he says rewards were rarer and so special that you celebrated getting them so i think there's a happy medium here though my my as a player my feedback to luke smith would be i don't necessarily know if you want to have everything feeling like the anarchy right thank you for the rage Jim mouse i don't want everything feeling like the anarchy I like the idea of him saying it's so powerful and so rare that people want it, right? So we want more powerful stuff. You know, he 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 makes mention of that further down wherever we were about how their hope right here, our hope is that instead of having to account for a weapon's viability for forever when we create one, it can be easier to let something powerful exist in the ecosystem. So the hope would be if it is rare, it's not as rare as anarchy. Um but also but also, it needs to have that, that, that power in the ecosystem. I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth a little bit here. I am going to talk out of both sides of my mouth. There was something about the anarchy that took me back to D1. I consistently had something that was eluding me, and it wasn't just eluding me like the Nano Phoenix ship. It was, this weapon is good, and I want it. If, if, an, if a raid is full of weapons like that, you may have one that eludes you for a while, but that's always kind of that reason to log in and run through and try. I'm disagreeing with myself here a little bit, right? I do think there is something nice about, okay, I, I, I'm, I've got something really cool to chase. I have something really low drop rate, really elusive. I think the reason the Anarchies and the 1K voices stand out is there's virtually nothing else in the raid worth going for. It's like the weapon. So if Garden of Salvation or Scourge of the Past had five or six weapons that were all super dope, and as he says right here, way more powerful because they're only going to be in the ecosystem for 9 to 15 months as endgame viable. They're still usable, but their endgame viability lasts 9 to 15 months. They can make them more powerful. Well then, sure, if I get four out of six and the final two keep eluding me, I don't know. I think there is something about that. There is something about being denied the weapon for a long period of time that I think might be a good thing. 
There just has to probably be more items and anarchy stands out as like well that's really the only thing other than a threat level but you didn't really need a threat level other than the threat level there wasn't a whole lot to be like you have to get this weapon it there was no fate bringer status in scourge of the past outside of anarchy ginger 300 do you think the outline of how weapons will be capped to a certain level is part of the larger supposed uh weapons 2.0 yes he made mention, and the reason I thought they were going to go this way, I crafted some of my predictions about what needed to happen with weapons around the, the vibe and the gut feeling I got from the Luke Smith interview where he said, we want to think about everything with weapons, from you know how you infuse it to how long you use it. He made some phrase like that, and I thought, I bet you he's going to look at limiting infusion or stopping letting you infuse it after a certain point in time and so i started kind of crafting my predictions around that it was just kind of a, it was kind of gut instinct i got when when he said that yeah i took note of when q a started is about uh eh, not 20 minutes ago close to 20 15 minutes ago remorse he didn't indicate either way do you think we will see weapon sunset prior to f- i don't i don't know he didn't say i i, I have a high, i have doubts he's gonna do that uh, Funk the Buddha. How does Bungie balance its desire or need to thin out the weapon pool while also repurposing old content like Escalation Protocol, Blindwell, etc.? To me, it seems as though those activities conflict with one another, unless the repurposed events would feature new loot when repurposed. Either new loot or completely new perks. Imagine them being like, yeah, you can't really infuse your Escalation Protocol shotgun anymore, but... It's now dropping, a new version's dropping with a bunch of crazy new perks. There's these incendiary rounds. There's this or that or blah, blah, blah. And it's like awesome. And Bungie can do that. They can give you a crazy version of that weapon because it's only going to be in the ecosystem as an endgame viable weapon for 9 to 15 months. Parasito. Why do you think Luke or Bungie aren't more open about the fact that they're listening? Seems we only get the we know your pain post every so often. Well, to a certain degree, Paris, they can't do this super often because it takes time to make sure they've got the feedback right. If you go to Reddit or the forums or Twitter on any given day, you may get a real strong sort of, I hate this, and then things subside. The example I will give you is how hotly people respond to affinity change on armor. They think it's super costly. Well, in about two to three months, a lot of folks aren't probably going to be saying that anymore. Why? Reality will settle in on folks. They'll see that it's actually pretty reasonable and it actually is more of a quality of life adjustment for future grinds and new drops. It's not generally being offered as a quality of life adjustment for all of your max armor right now. It's a long it's a long-term uh, quality of life point. So sometimes the community gets really angry about something and it's not the best representation of our feedback on it because it hasn't landed yet or we haven't interacted with it enough. The other thing that can happen is Sometimes they have to take the feedback and they got to parse it with player behavior. So there's been feedback on Charge with Light mods that are like, hey, some of these are pretty cool. Some of these are pretty strong. I think when they analyze player behavior, they're like, nobody's really using these. So they made adjustments and they made changes. So I think sometimes it takes them a while. Like, let's really, really parse out the feedback. Let's just let it, let's let this kind of stuff marinate. Let the new season pass marinate. We got a Forsake, um, I'm sorry, Shadow Keep, Undying, then Dawn. Okay, what's everybody saying? Let's collate all the feedback. What's What are people doing? Well, some of our, our more dedicated players are playing less. The mid lane players are playing a lot, but the more dedicated players aren't. Okay, are they saying why? 
and they got to collate all that. If every month they come out and, you know, oh, we're hearing you on this, we're hearing you on that, there's a couple of dangers to that, Paris. Number one, sometimes they could be like, we're really hearing you guys on faction rallies. And it was like, yay, they're listening to us on faction rallies. And they're like, yeah, but we're not bringing them back. <laughs> so sometimes it's dangerous to be like, hey, we're hearing you on X, Y, and Z if they're not in a position to address X, Y, and Z. So when they say, we're hearing you on X, Y, and Z, and we have plans to address these things in the immediate future or in, or in the fall, that's a better sort of, we're listening, oh, and by the way, here's our solution to some of these frustrations. Some people on Destiny are already quitting Destiny. I, I don't really care. The sky is falling, negative Nancys, there's no worth, it's not worth playing, I'm done, I'm quitting. Um, they can either leave, and they're welcome to do that and play other games, or they'll do what people have done for the last five years when they say that, and they typically come back. They typically come back. And if they want to quit, quit. Like, they, they're not building the game for you, they're building the game for everybody, and if your viewpoint is so narrow and so choked that when they make these changes, you're not even willing to play to experience it, you're just going to be like, no, I quit. Yeah, I quit. I'm not even going to try it out. I'm not even going to test it. I quit. That's fine. I guess I'm just going to quote Tombstone, and I'm going to say, well... Bye. Like, I, what do you want me to say? I, bye. Like, I, we're not going to try to argue you to stay. I'm not going to try to convince you to keep playing. And I'm not going to be like, yeah, you're right. We should all quit. We haven't even touched the game yet. We haven't even interacted with these systems that Luke Smith talked from like a 30,000 foot above the, you know, the ground zoom out philosophy viewpoint. He's not even going into specifics and you're ready to quit. Cool. I guess. See you later. Pendantic DM. Could we delve into some of the magic uh, other ana- other analogies? Maybe some meat on those bones? No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, Regalian Knight. After reading the director's cut, would it be counterproductive to tell a player what season certain legendaries will cap on light level? I mean, I don't know if they're going to come out with a list, right? Right. I don't know if they're going to come out with a list and be like, these are all the ones. It could just be anything, anything from the Forsaken era may be falling off. Anything from before the Forsaken area. They may just come out and say everything from year one is not going to be, you're not going to be able to infuse it in the summer. Or maybe they start in September, right? Uh, Spartan Viper was 17 months and a brand new sub from Boggy, Bobby Big Bites. Thank you very much. Enjoy the dope badge emotes and the ad reviewing. You know, maybe we go into September and they're like, hey, I've been calling it the Taken Queen. So let's just call it the Taken Queen. Um, hey, you know, Taken Queen, we are going to, at that point in time, take this batch of weapons from year one, no longer infusible. Okay. Then, boom. Now we're going to go to Curse of Osiris and we're going to go to Warmind. These will no longer be infusible in the winter season. Okay. Boom. Step it forward. Forsaken, no longer infusible in the spring season. All right. They'll just slowly push it forward. To make it less painful, and again, I'm just guessing here, but to make it less painful, I think they would start with year one weapons first. Your Midnight Coup. Your... I don't even know if they would do Warmind and Osiris separately. They might just do all of year one in one fell swoop. All of year one, we're going to... No, you can't infuse this stuff anymore. Can't. And then they'll slide forward. But the thing about Ikelos and some of these other weapons you need to remember... Luke Smith's not talking about the weapon being locked, grayed out, or deleted. He's saying it will no longer be end game viable. Meaning, hey, this new content's launching. You got to be this power level to go in there, or you're going to get shellacked. Yeah, your art, your weapon, you can't take it in there anymore. I saw this coming. 
I saw this coming and I didn't say anything. I might have. I don't know. When I started thinking about when they said, if you go into content right now and you're at the power delta, but your gun is not, your gun does less damage. It's not your overall power anymore that matters. It's the gun's power level. I thought, ah, because <laughs> conceivably you could use the artifact and all of your armor and bring in one weapon that's super under leveled and you're still at the power level of the content. And I thought, this might be a hint at where we're headed, where you can't bring stuff in unless it's infused up. I, I can't remember if I, if, I, if I spoke that out loud. Um, you suggested them shelving legendaries. Did I connect the dots at that time? I remember internally I thought it. I was like, maybe this is a hint at where things are going. That they'll just stop letting you infuse something. And then, even though your power level is at the delta of the activity, the gun will not be, and therefore it's weak, therefore it's not viable. Because I went to content, I was like, why is my gun so weak? And people were like, oh, the power level of the gun matters now. And I was like, what? So, Hooch, HK. It appears that Bungie is heading towards a Warframe vaulting system regarding weapons. Do you feel this is a fair compromise between those who want new loot to grind while others don't want to take away their vaults? Um, I'm fine with it, given that I have videos on this and essentially said this is what they should do. This is not me tooting my own horn. This is me saying, I thought this was a good approach. Everybody told me I was wrong. They didn't do it until, and we don't even know when they're going to roll this out, but everybody told me, I had a lot of people tell me I was wrong. And I was like, that's fine. I think this is a solution that they could choose to execute on. And they seem to have decided to execute on this, where you slide forward because the weapons become uninfusable after a certain point in time. Uh, Zero Creativity says, I'm listening to your old podcast. You stated that this could be a solution to the bloated loot pool. Okay, so I did connect. Okay, I thought I thought I did, and I was like, I can't remember if I actually, because sometimes I keep things to myself. Like, I didn't make a video on Izanagi's needing nerfed, because I get kind of tired of hearing from the community about when I make a video like that, so I just kind of let it happen. But I... I we all knew it was coming, but I didn't make a video about it. I keep some of those things to myself because I don't I don't always feel like dealing with the criticism. Slipknot. Hey, Lono, just because Luke Smith says faction rallies aren't coming back, do you think that doesn't mean factions themselves can't come back either like they were in D1, just not have an event? I don't want to parse this and be like, well, you said rallies, you didn't say factions. I mean, let's reread it just to make sure I didn't miss any clues here. He says, we have no plans to bring back faction rallies. The reward gear hasn't been used that much. Our character cast is growing too large. And crucially, they don't drive a bunch of engagement with the game. That said, there's some sweet looks in that gear, and we're moving the Faction Rally armor to the legendary Ingram reward pools in Season 10, alongside a few popular Faction weapons. So, I do not think you're going to get your way here. It sounds to me like he's being pretty specific and saying they're going to land in the world pool like they did with Uriel's Gift, Old Fashioned, and you know the other weapons they did this season. D'Angelo Sr., I know someone is going to ask this, but what did you mean by Bungie taking away breakneck? Are they taking away guns? Yeah, we, we've already discussed this and read through it. Eventually, after 9 to 15 months, you won't be able to infuse a gun anymore, which will mean it won't be endgame viable. Skill a killer. Do you think that they should do an instant cut from year one weapons to loosen people up for it? Or will the 19 to 15 month period, will it take all the year two stuff away? Oh, I, I already answered this question. I think you even said this in chat. I already answered this. I think they'll start with just year one to make it be a little less painful. It'll be like, ooh, that hurt, but not that much. It's like, there's only a couple weapons. You're like, all right. <laughs> like, 
I'll shell this one, and then the next season they'll do some more. Uh, huge package. With weapons getting a shelf life, would these changes affect pulling weapons from collections that were pre- that we previously couldn't pull due to random rolls? I don't know if they're going to do anything with collections and random rolls at this time. He didn't say anything about it. I think it pulls... There's a potential challenge there because... Th- if you had a random roll, does it save that roll? Like, what version of a random roll weapon are you pulling? Do they just did it just say like, oh, there'll be there'll be static rolls in collections? I don't know. He hinted at it. I, you, if you can give me the quote of where you think he hinted at it, I don't, I don't, I didn't see it, or I didn't pick up on it. Bumble 17. With weapons being given a shelf light, could this be a solve to complete people claiming about nerfs? We don't have to nerf the recluse because it's going away, and we've got the extrovert coming out. <laughs> the extrovert very funny uh, well played sir uh, you know I never considered this but the problem is that's not a solution That think about it like this people already complain that it takes too long for stuff to get nerfed right uh, you know they, they say it takes too long for stuff to get nerfed I don't think the answer to people being like no, there's no... The collections isn't mentioned in the thing, I don't think. Um, uh, in love with your collection as opposed to taking them and throwing them away in the tower. Is that the line? Um, oh, Sci-Fireman's quoting it for me here. We made a lot of magic cards and we want you to keep the ones that you love in your collection as opposed to taking them and throwing them all away and leaving them and having them in the tower to get destroyed again. And a bunch of those magic cards could be playable around the world while free roaming or in PvP formats. But where power matters or aspirational activities are involved, we're going to make some changes to legendary weapons. So he says, we want you to keep the ones you love in your collection, lowercase c. I don't know if we want to read that as our collection, capital C. We'll have to wait for more um, information on that. Uh, So. But the nerf question that's being asked right now by Bumble17 that's a bit of a punt. If Bungie adds an auto rifle and it's crazy strong in trials and it's so strong that everyone complains about it, it's a new recluse. I don't think Bungie can be like, well, it's only endgame viable for nine months. What's the big deal? We don't need to nerf it. There's a couple of problems with that. Number one, that's not a solution. Number two, that doesn't affect the rest of PvP. If there's a god-tier weapon that eventually won't be endgame viable because power's enabled in Trials, so eventually it's not endgame viable when Trials resets or updates or whatever, and you can't take it in there because there's a new power structure, there's new power thresholds, right? If... If you can still take it down in a normal Crucible, it's still a problem. So, this is not a every nine months kind of automatic nerfing situation. That's not why they're doing this. Luke Smith seemed to indicate they're doing this so it gives them freedom to create more powerful items and also give you a reason to go into aspirational content because right now you go into aspirational content you get loot that's virtually synonymous and similar to all the other loot in the game. It's like, well, this is all, this is all the same. It's all the same stuff. There's no Fatebringers anymore. Ashen Hollow. Are you okay with exotics apparently getting the same fade out treatment? He said at the time they don't, they don't have any plans to do that with exotics. Didn't he say that? Didn't he mention exotics when he said that? I thought he said 
that exotics would not be getting this treatment. On final note, we are not applying this to exotic weapons at this time. We want to iterate on legendary ecosystem first. So that was stated about as clearly as it could be. Parasito. Does shelving loot mean deleting it from the game files? They could bring it back into the game every now and then, as well as continue to store the data around what roles you had stored for removal. Here's what I think they're going to do with respect to this Paris, and I already hinted at it. Right? I already hinted at it. They could have the weapon no longer be infusible, but that doesn't mean the gun can't come back with cooler, better, hotter rolls. Example, Midnight Coup, right? Hey, you can't infuse Midnight Coup anymore. It's not endgame viable. Oh man! And then all of a sudden, hey, welcome to Season of the Raids, Age of Triumph, right? You can go run Leviathan, and guess what? We just added a bunch of saucy potential rolls to all those weapons. Oh, what? I Midnight Coup is still in the game. It's still in the database. But they open up the they open up the perk pool on it. They add some saucy perks, some really really strong perks, and guess what? They don't have to worry about making it too strong or too absurd cuz it's end game viability only lasts 9 to 15 months. So, to me, it's like that's a way to solve two birds with one stone always having that incentivization always having that drive to get the new saucy hotness and the database doesn't start to fold in on itself so you know shelving it means retiring it bringing it back later and reselling it to you I mean maybe maybe or it could be like what they're doing with trials where trials is free so they could be like we're going to repurpose some of these things every once in a while it'll be free it'll be the free part of the content and then as luke smith said about seasons what did he say there would be a theme that would kind of repurpose some of the core activities so i would say i would say that it could be something they do for free kind of like how they brought back the armor and trials and nobody can really complain because trials is free and so they could do something similar like, hey, um, Escalation Protocol is coming back. Random rolls. There's actually some new new awesome rolls that can happen on those. And it's not going to cost you anything. But if you buy the season, you're going to get access to new loot pools, new things at the vendor. So the core activities get a repurpose and a new theme and a new thing to chase. Because he said they're moving away from wanting to do, here's Sundial, goodbye Sundial. They're wanting to do more of a theme in the season that gives purpose and life to the ecosystems and the, I'm sorry, the core activities. BM Havoc. So with the changes coming to weapon shelf life, do you think it will help or affect vault space? I mean, I don't want to read into the line about collections, but if they give me a way to save a god roll and I can shove it into collections, if I can shove my kindled orchid god roll into the collections and know that it's there, even though it's not endgame viable, I have it quote-unquote saved, that's good enough for me. I'm not going to pull that out. I mean, I might. Who knows? They roll out some new challenge, some new bounty, some new thing in PvP or whatever. And I'm like, oh, the Kindled Orchid would be perfect for this. I can pull it out of collections. I don't know if they're going to do that. I don't know if they're going to attack this from both ends. I think they're just going to trust that people will naturally just start letting go of weapons because there's new guns in the game with perks you've never seen and power you've never seen and you're, they're able to do that because of these changes, and you're wanting to chase them, and you start just naturally being like, I don't really need a lot of these plain Jane Rampage Outlaw roles. Like, these aren't as cool as the new stuff. 
Sharadsky. Hey, Lono, I'm confused about the talk on the shelf life of weapons being 9 to 12-ish months. Can you elaborate on the, how they would push weapons out of relevancy? Endgame viability. So if a new raid comes out and you need to be power level, you know, 900, and your weapon can't go past 750, it's no longer going to help you in the raid. Does that make sense? I'm using an example that isn't how it would work because we're presently well over 900, but you're, if you got a gun and you've leveled it all the way up to 970, and the new raid is power level 1000 and you can't take that gun up anymore it's not end game viable you can take it into the rest of the content no problem but it's no longer end game viable cuz it's going to be too weak to really do the really go the distance it's been 18 months since last wish right so your last wish weapons going into season of the worthy would no longer be infusible so if there's end game content in there you you would you wouldn't be able to level that stuff up anymore. You could still use it, but it wouldn't it would be too weak to take in there. Uh, Mango with the juice. Trying to look ahead on how guardians will be interacting with the rollover system of loot. How do you see this affecting PvP players and the weapons that they use frequently compared to PVE players? This is where he mentioned raid and trials. So I think what Bungie wants to do is attack the aspirational loot problem that I have been talking about since Destiny 2 landed. Ultimately, I really started banging on the drum after Last Wish Raid. Endgame aspirational loot is not that great. So Luke mentions raids and trials for a reason. If trials weapons land in the game and they got some weird saucy hotness that maybe is specific to trials... Because if not, it would always be OP, it would always be super strong, it would always be super pesky in the rest of PvP. But Trials has power enabled. So they could be like, hey, it's been 18 months, it's been 9 months, it's been whatever amount of months, you can't infuse that Trials gun anymore. So next season in Trials, that weapon's going to feel too weak because you're going to be running into you know Guardians that are higher level than the gun, and therefore the gun's no longer endgame viable. Now, that gun could still wander down into normal Crucible and wreak havoc, so they'd have to be smart about whatever they do. Maybe there are perks that are only active when you're in the Trials mode. Maybe there are perks on guns that are only active in that raid, so you don't feel like they're completely murdering your weapon. It's like, well, there's new Trials weapons to get. There's a new raid with new raid weapons to get, and it's relevant to that activity and that power delta. Similarly, they could do the same thing in Trials. They're targeting... Um, you know, aspirational uh, content. Um, Dark Seraphim, do you think adding the faction armor weapons could be a way to revamp old armor in the future? Every few seasons, having old armor drop in the new seasonal slots. Oh, definitely, uh, definitely. I think that the way that they've approached this is they've already kind of shown us old fashioned drops in the loot pool all of a sudden, right? It's like, oh yeah, they're going to periodically pull this out. I said this when they did the uh, the Braytech Winter Wolf during Festival of the Lost. I was like, this is exactly why they didn't suddenly make every gun in the game random rolled. Because it's like, eh, we'll slowly trickle that stuff out. Oh, we'll, we'll get more life out of it, you know? We'll slowly trickle that stuff out. It's a smart play. You know, they don't, they're not, they're not, um, they're not blowing all the, the loot pool on one update, you know? It's actually really, really smart. And I think that they'll slowly let that happen. Uh, DX uh, Raven, don't you feel like this new weapon system will destroy the play the way you want slogan even more than they already did? No, I don't think so. I do not think 
play the way you want is you can come in any endgame environment and do whatever the frick you want. First of all, the game has never been that way. It's never been that way. If you want to go into endgame content, there are things you have to do. There are modifiers that, that, that definitely push you towards certain weapons. There are encounters that push you towards certain weapons. The endgame has consistently been kind of, t- kind of telling you y- yeah, you can play the way you want, but not really. I mean, you're going to want to do different things, whether it's nightfall modifiers or the way they set up the raids. Now, I'm not talking about a curated loadout where they're like, you have to run these guns. But the end game sort of saying, hey, it's great you have all those awesome weapons, but some of those weapons can no longer be infused, so they're not endgame viable. You're going to want to chase new stuff. I disagree that that philosophy is a, a repudiation of, yeah, play the way you want. I, I really don't think so. And you're kind of ripping out of context when they talked about play the way you want. The play the way you want slogan was made with respect to leveling, not play and use any freaking gun you want anytime, anywhere, at all times. They, you're ripping it out of context, I believe, and misapplying it a little bit. Anthony. In the director's cut, they say the answer can't be to make aspirational weapons better. I'm wondering how would better weapons in raids uh, would be the a reckoning situation. Okay. I tried to connect the dots quickly when I read through this, but you might have missed it. Essentially, what he's saying is, every time a raid comes out, if you have to make those weapons better than the last time, you're always going to have stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger weapons. Okay? Reckoning, what he's referencing is, our exotics got stronger and stronger and stronger, so that we had Skull of the Dire Ahamkara, Orpheus Riggs Tether, and a Phoenix Protocol Well, which were absurd. You were constantly getting your super back. Reckoning was built for how strong we were at that time. So when they nerfed those items, they had to nerf Reckoning in accordance, because Reckoning was the, the reaction to our strength at the time. Okay? So... If they continue to do that with raids, the same thing's going to happen. Eventually, you're going to have primaries, secondaries, and heavies that are so absurdly strong because you have to keep one-upping the stuff that's behind you, right? What did I always say? It's just a lateral upgrade. I'm literally just going from one hand cannon that has Outlaw Rampage to another hand cannon that has Outlaw Rampage. It's a lateral upgrade. And people are like, well, just make them better. Okay, well, this year's raid hand cannon is stronger than last time. And now this season is stronger than last time. And this dungeon is stronger than last time. Boom, 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 boom. And all of a sudden, you're holding a hand cannon that's breaking the game. It's breaking power structure. It's like that thing is so absurdly strong, none of the content's built for that. Enter reckoning. Well, we got to make content for how strong the players are. And they make content for how strong the players are. And people hated it. Because the irony is that promotes freedom right yeah just keep giving people power keep letting people have whatever they want with their loadouts but then you restrict freedom by being like well we got to build the content for how strong you are and it limits freedom everybody has to run that particular bill so that's what he meant when he connected those two dots uh jer i don't want to read that one um I'll just call you Juggernaut. I'm going to pronounce it the other way. Don't need to say my name. Okay, thank you. You've been here before. I'm not comfortable uh, saying it. How do you feel with the concept of legendary weapons having a shelf life? Personally, I love it, and I think it's needed. You and I agree. Uh, and will bring some new life to Pinnacle activities. Yeah, it, 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 I've made it clear that this is... If you're familiar with my content, I'm very much in favor of this. I am I am very much in favor of this. Lono's a happy camper. Not just because I'm right, but I do truly believe... 
these things will make the game better. I love this game, and seeing it improve makes me happy. Forsaken made me happy. Shadowkeep made me happy. This weapon system change will make me happy. I want to see the game improve, and I believe that that's what this is going to do. Uh, Fat Hotshot. Do you think these changes to weapons being phased out 9 to 15 months, that weapons can have a bunch more perks? Yeah, we basically have said that numerous times this morning. It'll enable them to make more powerful stuff. He says that in the actual blog. Expect defeat. With weapons having a lifespan, everybody's focusing on this is the hot thing they're really focusing on from his director's cut. Is there a concern for casual players who take longer to earn uh, or get the weapons, knowing that they are slow to the weapon and will have less time to use it if it's relevant? This could also affect players who just got into the game and have to come back as well. They could be working for weapons that only have a few months left of relevancy. I have a really, really good answer for you. Casual players that play that infrequently don't care about end game viability because they don't live there. Therefore, if they do finally get the weapon, its relevancy is not limited for them. They can use it in the public space, in the strikes, in the lost sectors. They could use it probably in if they update seasonal like content or themes and there's new core activities that get updated. He's talking about end game viability. If you want to run a 980 Nightfall, you're not going to be able to go in there because that weapon's not infusible anymore. A casual player doesn't care about that. So I get your concern. I don't believe it's something we actually need to be worried about because a casual player who finally gets that gun, finally gets what they want, well, that... (laughs) They're, they're not worried about endgame viability. They can take that gun into 90% of the content. They can't take it into the new endgame activity because the power delta will be outside the reach of the weapon's max infusion level. If the, I, I hope that makes sense. I'm not concerned about that. Generally, this is addressing uh, endgame viability, which doesn't really target casual players. BM Havoc. In regards to FOMO, do you think they'll bring back FOMO as fear of missing out? Do you think they'll bring back the opportunity to earn prior titles that are no longer available? I have no idea. I have no idea. There's a medium Lono. You're not either casual or hardcore. The system is just dumb. Regrinding what I already had. They didn't say you're going to regrind for what you already had. You're projecting that on his blog post. He never said that. Sweat Pickle. Do you also think that the seasons are a thing to see where D3 needs to go. 100%. 100%. What do you talk about? What do you talk about up here? What word did he use? It was sustainability, wasn't it? I, I'm, I can't find it. He talked about sustainability. They're experimenting with the sustainability of this franchise. And my favorite part, my absolute favorite part, is this paragraph right here. This is my favorite part. It gave me warm fuzzies. So I'm going to read it to you. As we began 2020, much of the existential dread of will we make it out of this transition is gone. We have clarified our vision for Destiny and are working toward the future with that vision in mind. For me personally, the drive home each night is not focused on will Bungie survive like before. Now it's where can Destiny go and how can we get there? That's my favorite paragraph in the whole dadgum thing. It's like they did it. They pulled it off. Now where can we go? They survived this birth pangs of shedding Activision, self-publishing, losing Vicarious Visions, losing High Moon Studios. Risky, risky, risky. And they did it. And now, where can we go and how can we get there? So, I do think this is related to Destiny 3. And you notice, he goes only... 
he goes throughout 2020 and into 2021 so he's giving us a glimpse into like where we're going in this year and into next year we're February and he's already hinting at the fact that like he, he listen 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 this paragraph basically confirms Destiny 3 ain't coming out anytime soon he basically says that Destiny 2 is going into 2021 For if anybody had any doubts about that Luke Smith just put that to bed He says, I think we need to focus on throughout 2020 and into 2021, which is almost assuredly him saying Destiny 2 is going into 2021. So if you were, if you, anybody was in doubt at this point, I don't think there really was, anybody was in doubt, but 2021, he also says Destiny 2 year 4. Yeah, he says that as well. He explicitly mentions that. Thank you. Destiny 2 year 4. No doubt now at this point there will be at least one more entire year i happen to think destiny 2 year 5 will be the last year of destiny 2 to lead into d3 putting d3 at a 2022 launch date maybe 2023 if they can man if they can figure ooh, oh my gosh if they can figure this out if they can figure out repurposing revitalizing core activities there's no limit on how long Destiny 2 can last, which gives them way more time to do a Destiny 3. I do think you're going to get to a point where you can't just keep living in Destiny 2, but this system that he talks about in this blog post specifically feels to me like it could buy them an awful lot of time to get to get into uh, 2022. Robinson Hood. Uh, do you think, or beyond, or beyond 2022. Robinson Hood, do you think Faction Rally was cut because it just didn't fit in line with the potential future plans of pushing Light versus Dark, Horde versus Alliance as a meaningful decision? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, Mav. Give, 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 uh, give Luke a hug from all of us. I, I love this. I love this blog, Mav. I'm very happy. Um, I don't really think that's why factions are being gutted, though. I think Luke Smith gave us the reasons why it's being gutted. I don't want to project more reasons on top. Thank you for gifting a sub to Mav. Uh, I appreciate that. And Soldier on Music with a 45-month sub and Glum Gold with five months. Thank you. Lono needs to enrage is near anytime a statement makes it through Q&A. Oh, <laughs> what statement? <laughs> Thank you for gifting a sub to Mav. We all love Mav. Um, and, we, and, we, and we're very excited about little Mr. Mav. Uh, we're very, very excited for you guys. Very, Your pictures are so adorable. They're painfully adorable. Um, you probably make pregnant women everywhere very angry. They're like, she's so cute! And they like throw their, their papers into the air. Uh, Remy, do you think that if they start using core activities as the focus, they will need to add new experience like new maps for Gambit Crucible or new strikes to keep players interested? 100%. 100%. I definitely think they're they're not just going to be able to, oh, there's new stuff in there. Now, I'm going to go back to something I said a long time ago with the snowballs in strikes. Luke Smith mentioned like themes, right? I could definitely see, imagine with me, I, I don't think they would do this. So I'm going to, that's why I'm going to say, let's just imagine this because I don't think they would do this. What if there was a SIVA season and all the strikes suddenly had SIVA charges and scorch cannons everywhere? to feed that SIVA theme and modifiers in line with the SIVA theme and weapons dropping and armor dropping suddenly strikes feel different right suddenly they feel different and I always thought snowballs and strikes that's a great way to make strikes feel different to flow different it's kind of cool I was like put snowballs in there put SIVA charges in there put swords in there right 
They could do something like that, as simple as that. I don't know if they have. I don't know if they can create a bunch of new strikes, right? But he did mention quest lines sticking around, so maybe they could start focusing. Think about it like this. This is actually really good. All the work that goes into something like Sundial can be focused on, hey, two new strikes this season. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. Strike playlist is getting kind of full. Yeah, we're going to rotate some of them out. Oh, I like that strike. You can still go run it. It's on the director, but we're going to rotate it out of the playlist. We're going to add some two new ones. We're, we're gonna, we want you to feel those two new ones. We're going to get rid of the one with the fanatic because screw, screw the fanatic. Um, Sorry, <clears throat> I don't like him. But they can rotate that one out, and then they, you know, rotate some others in, rotate some new ones in. Maybe. I don't know. He does seem to indicate they want to focus on core activities and not doing an activity that, 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 that comes in and leaves. So they could conceivably do that. However, we have to remember, before we get all like, oh, yay, we're going to get new strikes. We have to remember, there's technological limitations. They can't just keep dumping content into the game. So so we might not get a lot of new strikes. It might be more of like the snowball thing that I just said. Hey, strike playlist is going to feel very different and the drops are going to be good. These new cool things. Like he said, sundial weapons and armor could have been dropping in strikes. I could see it being more like that. We need to remember there's only so much they can do with the limited space that they have. Especially if they do something significant like another DLC like Shadowkeep Size, there's got to be room left on the table for, I believe, the Dreadnought. I think the Dreadnought's coming back. There has to be room on the table for that. So, uh, Funk the Buddha. I feel like the current abundance of God Roll weapons was an over uh, correction to how impowerful we felt in D2 Vanilla. How does Bungie protect against an overcorrection in this and the other direction while creating breathing room for endgame viable weapons? Okay, I want to reread your front. I feel the current abundance of God Roll weapons was an overcorrection of how impowerful we thought in D2 Vanilla. Here, I don't think so. Midnight Coup is a refutation of this. Midnight Coup is, is a God Roll, and we didn't need... We didn't need you know all these other god rolls to feel powerful. That gun was great. We feel more powerful now because our shotgun's not in the heavy slot. <laughs> it's up in the it's up in the secondary slot. So, um, I uh, I wish I wouldn't have said I'm gonna read your front. That's freaking terrible. That sounds gross. Uh, thank you. I, I love my mods. I appreciate you guys always picking out the innuendos. It really is really great. Um, <laughs> if your mods don't pick on you, they're not good mods. So I don't think it's I don't I don't know as far as overcorrection. I just I I see where he wants I, I, I see where he wants to go. I said this when they announced the seasonal mod thing. I was like, I think what they want is this idea that there's like and what did I say? There's like a there's like a five month period where you're wearing your armor, you're enjoying the season mods from season of the worthy, you start to get armor to prepare for next season, summer season rolls around, you start experimenting with those mods and those builds. And the weapon system's really hot, and the weapon system's really cool, and it's got cool new things in it too. And they're always in a position where they can kind of push you forward because the old stuff falls off for endgame viability. And then they can swing a little bit harder. Think about Charge with Light. There's some really wild Charge with Light builds. They're not really endgame viable. What if they create in Season of the Worthy or another season some cool seasonal mod combinations that are endgame viable? But it synergizes with weapons that are endgame viable and as those weapons die off in endgame viability you now have another you now have a reason to kind of retire some of that weaponry you know there, there's a system there where I feel 
I definitely feel like I can kind of see where they want to go with armor synergy, right? Armor synergy and weapon synergy. I'm honestly so excited for the infusion cap. I I love it. I love it. I did. I've been saying this since like Forsaken Map. I was concerned. I was like, if they keep letting us confuse this stuff, game incentive, loot incentive will die. And I believe January to now has been a testimony to that reality. People are like, loot incentive's not there. I don't care to chase anything. And I think Luke captured that very well when he said, it just didn't feel right. The season just didn't feel right. It was a great season. If you look at the obelisks and the activity and the loot, the weapons are beautiful. They're some of the best looking weapons they've ever made. But it's like, yeah, I don't care. Everybody's like, I don't care. I don't don't need to care. I got so much stuff right here. So I I I love the execution on that. Um... And I know I'm going to get a ton of hate. I'm going to get a ton of hate on YouTube for this. Because every time I brought up a loot prune, a limiting of the infusion, or letting weapons start to roll off and get ex- and like expire in a way, I always, I always get so much hate on YouTube about it. And so I'm, I'm going to get, it's like when they finally nerfed Ikelot's shotgun. I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. But I just, just trust the process, guys. Like, let them do this. And then we'll have new stuff to chase. We'll have new guns. And then they can say... We can make this gun a lot stronger because it's only going to be around for 9 or 15 months endgame viability. So, I'm still getting hate from D2 launch videos. <laughs> yeah, it's just YouTube. <laughs> they just, it's just YouTube. Uh, Captain Ledger, endgame viable weapons are sweet, but are you concerned it could break the PvP experience? Okay, I'm always going to use Genesis Chain when this question comes up. You can make really hot, cool weapons that are viable in the endgame. Genesis Chain was perfectly fine in the endgame. You could take it into the raid and it was awesome. It didn't do anything in PvP. It didn't do anything to PvP. Bungie can start to get more creative with perks, elemental effects, and different things that guns can do. And it doesn't need to break PvP. Like, Genesis Chain didn't do anything to you in PvP. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, that Focus Firefly is just so broken in PvP. No, it was it was fine. It was awesome. It was like an auto-rifle with Focus Firefly. Clunk, 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 clunk. You see those little Firefly thing? Boom, 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 boom. I loved it. That's not going to do anything in PvP. You know? So I, I'm not worried about that. I really am not. I'm not. The big question mark is... What are they going to do with Trials aspirational loot? If the aspirational loot in Trials, it has an intrinsic shelf life because Trials has a power a power system. Again, right? Again, people are like, you know, why why does power have to be enabled in Trials? That's probably why, right? Ripping off a Bife who focused on perks, the condition against Minions of the Darkness, shielding certain perks in PvP. I talked about that in D1. I was like, I forget what we were talking about. I was like, why don't we have more against Minions of the Darkness perks? Because that only if that, that affects non-Guardians. It might be really hard to do that. It does seem like it's tough for them to make specific rules for specific enemies. But it'd be really cool in a raid to be like, yeah, this weapon uh, gets increased damage against Fallen. You're like, really? Remember the Outbreak Prime? Increased damage against Fallen. That's pretty hot. That's dope. Well, a year later, they roll out another endgame piece of content, dungeon or a raid that's got Fallen in it, and they're like, ah, slow your roll, homie. That can't come in here anymore. It's not endgame viable anymore. And you're like, aw. They're like, but there's new stuff in here. It's got new perks, and it's got a perk like that. And you're like, oh, okay. Oh, let me go in there and get that. You know? I mainly play... PVE and car. Evolved core. 
What if in collections, we can just grab the traits we've already unlocked? It leaves the vault open to grab what you still want to chase new things. Would it be plausible? I, he's he mentioned the word collection in here, but it was a, it was not a capitalized C. So I don't want to read too much into what Luke said, but it did feel like we would be able if if I want to be careful here. If what he's saying is we can save something in collections, you could conceivably say, "Here's my God roll kindled orchid. Let me just throw that into collections, free up my vault space. If I ever want to pull out my God roll kindled orchid, it's saved in collections." I. I asked for that to be deleted. It's okay. It's okay. I don't want to read too much into what he said, but it could be, he could be hinting at that being a possibility. Click fire. Do you think uh, the new weapon changes will essentially allow the meta to shift organically versus them having to always buffer nerf things? End game meta. Yes. PVP meta. I don't know. (laughs) If, if, your garden variety PVP experience doesn't have power enabled, which it probably shouldn't, the only place meta will shift would be trials then. Oh, all the guns that were meta in trials for the last nine months can no longer be infused. The meta in trials shifts, but it wouldn't necessarily shift in the rest of PvP. Now, maybe that's what, maybe that's what they want. The, the, the more casual-minded player, the more, the more mid-lane player, they enjoy patrols, strikes, and regular crucible. And they live down here and use whatever the frick they want. The rest of us go up here. Raids, dungeons, trials, Grandmaster Nightfalls. We live up here. And that meta will always be shifting. And I think that's the right call. And here's why. Generally speaking, the people with the most loot and the people with the most sort of like a, I don't have a reason to grind. I don't have a reason to chase anything. I have all these god rolls. Those are the people that live up here. And when they live up here, if you're constantly changing the meta and what's endgame viable, they now have a reason to chase new things and replace all of their stuff. The people down here, dude, as he said in his video, there is his blog. They're happy to just use outbreak. Um, the, the, I'm sorry, not the outbreak, the uh, the breakneck for forever. They just like it. They just always use a breakneck. They probably didn't even notice that it got nerfed. They just keep using breakneck, right? They're they're doing public events. They're doing strikes, and God love them. We need them. We need those people. But they're not even considered in this equation because it's like, what do you mean meta changing? What are you talking about? I love this weapon and I use it all the time. <laughs> but the people that live up here in the trials and the Grandmaster Nightfalls, the raids and the dungeons, we're the ones that are always kind of like, as he said, the whole opening of this is about aspiration. A lack of aspirational content, a lack of aspirational loot. That has nothing to do with the rest of the community. That has nothing to do with the, with the, with the more mid-lane, more casual players. It has nothing to do with them. I, I don't think it'll drive the PvP community away at all. I don't think it'll drive the PvP community away at all. It'll be a great way to be like, well, let's figure out what the meta is this season. I love hand cannons. Let me see what hand cannon I can get out of trials this season. You know? Uh, RF uh, says, is there a, still a place for people with only base D2? Um, is there still a place for you? I mean, I I guess I don't know. Do what you want, play what you want. I don't I don't know how to answer this. It, it's too generic, I guess. E P K A. How would a weapon change work with the Destiny Three theory? Luke Smith says weapon endgame viability is planned nine to fifteen months. That would only be two batches of weapons before Destiny Three is likely to launch. Do you know what I just realized? 
Do you know what I just realized? They can, if Destiny 3 is happening, they can have a seamless transition into Destiny 3 and they don't have to delete your vault. They don't have to do any of that. They're just like, yeah, you can bring it over, but you can't level it up anymore. You can play the early game of Destiny 3 with all your loot. That's great. Yeah. Oh, what's that? Yeah, your your God Roll Ostringer. That's pretty cool. That's cute. That's nice. <laughs> look look at what's over here. <laughs> That's those weapons are adorable. They're adorable. You're not gonna want to use those anymore. You're gonna want to level up to this stuff. And they have no reason to delete your loot because you've been given this idea of like, oh, this stuff's no longer viable, there's new hotness. That would be my hope. That would be my hope that they could just like seamlessly take us into the next game if in fact that's how they do it or you know if in fact that's how they want to do it. Like take us just to one game to the other. Um, Snives gifted a sub to Smoked Raw Repeat. Brand new sub from Data Doug. Thank you very much. Enjoy the no badge emotes in the ad-free viewing. Um, a little psycho. Do you think to make the weapons more desirable for each season, they will have unique perks that are only available for that weapon and that season? He seemed to indicate they want to get away from you being like, they want to have less FOMO, right? They want to have less FOMO and we're good on time. And if they have less FOMO, I don't know if they're going to do this, but what they can do is they can make, let's say they make a crazy cool perk combination this summer. All right. They know when the next summer rolls around that whatever they build, they don't have to consider that gun anymore. Like, they they basically said that, that their hope, you're acting like we're still going to get better perks. I'm going to trust Luke Smith when he says their hope is they can create stronger stuff with this weapons with this weapons change. He Listen, they're not going to make this big dramatic change to weapons and be like, hey, we just made a bunch of your stuff not endgame viable anymore. Do you want to chase this hand cannon? It's got Rampage Outlaw. They're not going to do that. Like, this this entire blog is so on the money. It's not tone deaf at all. It's right on the money. It would be so tone deaf to do all this and be like, we did all these changes to the weapon pool, and we said our hope was to make more powerful weapons for you, and we have a bunch of weapons with Rampage Outlaw. Isn't that great? We'd be like, the frick are you talking about? Why'd you go to all this trouble? You just made me get rid of my Rampage Outlaw hand cannon to make me chase another one. It's pretty, and I won it, but it's not stronger. Like, I don't think that they would do that. He literally says that their hope, their hope is that they can create stronger weapons right here. Our hope is that instead of having to account for a weapon's viability for forever, when we create one, we can be easier to let something powerful exist in the ecosystem. And those potent weapons entering the ecosystem mean there's more fun items to pursue. I trust Luke Smith. I don't know how you can read the director's cuts from last year and this director's cut and not conclude we should trust this guy. He knows, he freaking gets it. And he, and he starts the whole thing by being like, we survived the transition. It's not about whether or not Bungie will survive. It's where can we take the game? If you want to call me a shill, an apologist, and a fanboy, I just don't give a frick. I don't even interact with him. He doesn't even follow me on Twitter. And I love him. <laughs> I'm like, take us, take us, Luke Smith. Take us to the promised land. I trust you. Like, I trust him. I really do. Reddit doesn't agree. Who gives a frick if they agree or not? They're going to play it anyway. <laughs> They're going to play it anyway. Fit Doc. 
It's more fun items to pursue are only available in activities like raids and or trials. Will it limit the items to only 10% of the players? No, you got to pair this fit doc with what he said about less FOMO and in, in putting weapons in more core activities. He mentioned like sundial weapons showing up in strikes and stuff. So no, you got to pair this with the other things that he said. Total sellout. While I love the idea of weapons uh, falling off over time, do you think it will work well without vendor refreshes at least every season the number of weapons that we lose will always be higher than the number we gain here is why he even said because of a lot of the systems that they're wanting to shirk and get rid of they're not going to always have to focus on all the old content and the new content they can focus more on the new that might help with bandwidth triage they can get more via they can get more bang for their buck right so you could you could end up with more weapons conceivably and as I just said in the previous question if they're focused more on the core activities the NPCs will probably get some love he even mentions Gambit in here about that like are you ever going to finally get the armor piece from Gambit or whatever I bet you that the vendors get treatment I do I I I bet you that they target them for core activity you know replenishing Whitlow what is your biggest positive and negative takeaway from the director's cut? My biggest positive is that first paragraph. It's my favorite paragraph on the whole dadgum thing. I'm going to keep reading it because it gives me it gives me tinglies and makes me happy. And I know they took a lot of risk. I know they were. I know it had to be pretty scary to work for the company. Um, I love leaders that will boldly step out and make a hard choice. I really do. I love and respect <clears throat> leaders that will do that. And this 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 guy stepped out on a limb. He put his neck out there and was like, "We're going to take this game elsewhere. We're going to do something with this. We're going to shed Activision." And when, this is my favorite part right here. This paragraph. They went from saying, "Will Bungie survive?" to now, "Where can Destiny go?" And how can we get there? It's just my favorite part. My least favorite part is that faction rallies aren't coming back. I can get over that. Um, Royal Sasha. With weapons unable to be infused past a certain time, what do you think Bungie will do the initial purge? All of our weapons at once? Yeah, we've already answered this question. I think they'll do it piecemeal to make it not feel so, so painful. I don't know. They may rip up, just rip off the Band-Aid, but I don't think they're going to want to do that. The reason I don't think they're going to do that from a logistical standpoint is they can't add that many weapons. They'll slowly do it because as weapons fall off, they can add weapons to kind of fill those gaps and make you feel like, oh, okay, some fall off, I replace new. In my video where I suggested this idea where I said eventually you wouldn't be able to infuse an item, what I said was is you would naturally just start letting go of items like, well, it's been 12 months since EP, I gotta let go of all these, oh, there's some new weapons for me to chase to replace those. You slowly lose pieces. You don't just lose all of your guns. You're like, what? I have nothing! It's like, no, you lose some, and then they can replace them. So from a logistical standpoint... It's not hyper-challenging for them to, to do that. They're not like, well, all the guns are gone now, and we only added about 50. We, we basically removed endgame viability uh, 100, <laughs> but we're only adding 50. They can remove 20 and add 20. It's more, uh, it's more uh, feasible. Excluded says, why would they include pinnacle weapons in this non-infusing update as weapons such as Mountaintop recluse, 21% Wendigo, and Quest Triumph-based weapons that were worked for for quite some time? because the game's evolving to a place where weapons can't be viable for forever in the end game. So all the weapons you just listed still work everywhere, but they're not end game viable. I'm okay with that. But I worked on a quest to get it. And the nicest way I can say this, get over it. 
get over it. You, you, there's always going to be quest line items. There's always going to be gear that you're going to chase. There's not some like, there's not some holy grail item that like, well, I put a lot of time into this Lono. They better never touch this. Oh, come on. They, they Izanagi's really, it took a while. It was glitched. It was frustrating. And you're like, and now they're nerfing it. They should never be able to nerf it. Cause I worked hard to get it. It's an outlier. It's breaking engagements. What the frick are you talking about? But I worked hard for this. Did you? (laughs) Did you? Is Destiny hard? (laughs) I love you. I really do. I love people that think like this, but is Destiny really hard? You had fun, didn't you? (laughs) You had fun going. They didn't make you go to the DMV to get these weapons. Well, I just sit for five hours in the DMV loan and I finally got Izanagi's. Oh, you better never take it from me. Come on. Come on. It's fun. We have fun going for them. And then eventually, they're not as strong as they once were. Whisper Quest was awesome. It was one of the coolest moments in Destiny 2. And eventually, they had to kind of nerf the weapon a little bit. From my cold, dead hands. Like, I'm not going to stand there and, like, hold the weapon above my head and be like, you will never nerf this because it took longer than 20 minutes to get. (laughs) I know Mountaintop probably gives a lot of people bad feelings and, and, and you get you get like you get traumatic about it, but I don't <laughs> I just, you just gotta be realistic. You know, you might not have had fun going for Mountaintop. I'll grant you that. I am sorry for your loss. Um <laughs> It's really it was really hard to get. <laughs> it was tough. Uh but but they they kinda have to, man. They they can't leave things for forever. Um so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We will we will hold some ceremonies for some weapons. That'll be fun. We should do that as a bit. Like every season, we'll be like, everyone gather around and say your piece. Uh the following weapons are no longer infusible for endgame viability. Uh we will miss you! Wendigo! Uh we will miss you. Uh what is this one? The oxygen? Who uses anyway? We're gonna have to have funerals for the weapons, you know, every nine months. P. Davis, do you think Spider, Petra, and the Drifter should be able to receive token or planet materials to shift around the loot pool from Menagerie Legendary Item Pool? No, not really. That's not any. That, I don't think we need that. Negative one. Do you think exotic weapons should get the same treatment as legendaries, or should they remain forever viable as well? I don't know. He said at this time they have no uh, plans to do that. I don't read that as a, we're going to do it eventually. I, I don't I don't think so. I don't think they're going to do that to exotics. Nocturne Owl. Um, when do you think the legendary weapon power cap change will be implemented? I, maybe, I, I'm going to think September. I'm going to think September. I don't think, did he say when they want to do this? Did he, did he actually specify? I would think September. Be like, alright, September, all year one items are now no longer infusible. Like, I think that'd be a good starting point for it, but I don't know. Uh, Chris, uh, Chris Mobius. Do you think Destiny would benefit from having a system similar to Magic, like a core set of weapons and armor and introduction and seasonal weapons and armor that rotates every year? They're kind of trying to do something similar to that with the seasonal mods sort of rotating you forward and the weapons becoming endgame viable after, you know, they're no longer viable after so long. Whitlow, do you think weapon experiment, uh, expiration timer will start once you acquire the weapon or it'll be generalized time? It'll be generalized time, homie. It's not like, you're, you're not going to be able to like, I'm going to wait until the last day of the season to get the gun and I'm going to get an extra two months on it. It'll be, no, that gun was added to the loot pool 
at this time and nine months later it's no longer viable that is a concern with drop rates and generosity and player intentionality that is a concern so I feel so seen we, we love you Mav come on uh, you're one of the longest standing people right on that I know on Twitch you're one of the longest standing people I knew. I met Fistmaster in Borderlands, and then I met you in Elder Scrolls Online ages ago. You would start your show with boxing gloves on. Um, it was crazy. It was wild, and you were always so nice to me. There was only a couple people that were nice in the Elder Scrolls Online directory. I've, I've known you the longest. There's not very many people on the on the uh, on the platform that I've known as long as you. And you've always been so nice to me. Uh, Skrillex Imposter with a brand new Prime sub. Thank you so much. Enjoy your dope badge emotes and your ad-free viewing. Oh my gosh, I missed so many subs. Uh, Alivium with three months, ten months from Sand Going Ham, three months from uh, The Mortar, and Crypto Corsair. I'm so sorry I missed your brand new Prime sub. Enjoy the dope badge emotes and the ad-free viewing. Uh, next question. I'm going to try to go fast because we're, 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 I'm wanting to cut this at about an hour and 20, hour and a half or something. Um, cattle, cataclysmic. Have Destiny's numbers improved since they started building the lighthouse for trials? The numbers have actually been on a steady decline, but usually the decline we're experiencing now, we would experience in January. So I feel fine about the fact that we're ending a season, end of February into March, and the numbers are going down. That's actually pretty normal. They'll probably bounce up pretty high uh, when next season starts. I think trials will have an effect. Uh, We'll see too tomorrow. Like the numbers from today, the 26th, might have a big boost after all the stuff that's been happening. People are like, well, I gotta go back in there, get some god rolls. There might be there might be a bit of a boost uh, in, uh, in the numbers for today specifically. Again, the season's coming to a close and normal, the decline always coincides with the end of the season as it's being said in chat. Iron Hand. Do you think exotics should also be included in the temporary pool? No, I do not think they should be. Uh, Double V. So many players are cautious about how Bungie handles the prevention of cheaters, and I think a power level with a quest is a way to prevent it. This has to do with the next subject, with trials, so I'm going to glide over it and say more needs to be done, and hopefully they have some good announcements. We don't know anything, but I hope they have way more to say than what they've said so far about they'll have to do a quest. RevStation. Do you think that Shaq's inventory will stay the same, so you will need to refarm for a better Devils for Season Plus One when Season One is infusible? I think people are misunderstanding how this is going to work. I think the gun will drop, and then after a certain time, it's no longer infusible. Now, they may repurpose it later on and say, hey, there's a new version of the Better Devils, and it's got a little different symbol on its thumbnail, new perks, new roles, new possibilities. I don't know if they're doing that. I speculated that they might do that. That doesn't mean they're going to, but it's a smart idea because the guns are already in the database. Why not continue to get life out of them instead of always having to add new guns? Dark Danny. Do you think this take on weapon lifespan is a result of community summits and conclusions? I don't know. I've been preaching it since Forsaken, and I've never been to a summit, so... (laughs) I've never been to Bungie. Tier. Uh, But I don't know. I, I, I think it's just community feedback. I also think it's a logistical thing. It's a logistical thing. They have to look at the database and be like, dude, these people have so many freaking guns, and they're the ones that are playing less. There could be a there could be a very, very big correlating factor between the people that are playing less and engaging less having a ridiculous amount of loot. They're like, there's a correlating factor here. You know? Um 
Do you think Revoker could hurt Trials? Not going to speculate on that. Ghostface. So with the new implementation of weapons in the future, does that lend itself to more nerfs? I have no idea. Snives. With more weapons and armor entering so many varied types of activities, do you think an improvement on how game presents exactly what loot is given in the pool is needed? I, I don't necessarily think that they need to revamp everything at once. If they turn too many knobs, it gets too complicated. Yes, I'm better than you. What exactly is it achieved by sunsetting my rapid hit kill clip hand cannon only to make me go for a new rapid hit kill clip hand cannon? You've ignored everything I said, so I'm skipping your question. I've said numerous times, there's no way you missed it. There's no way you missed it. Read it multiple, multiple, multiple times. Their hope is to create stronger weapons. They're not just going to take your weapon away and give you the exact same dadgum thing again. Read the blog post before you get angry. Uh, CWB. Do you think they will make this season... Uh, level climb higher to make use of older weapons more punishing. No idea if they're even going to introduce this idea this season. Um, Lono hasn't ever been to Bungie because that would prove that he's Luke. I am not Luke Smith! (laughs) Just because everything he writes is similar to things that I say, that doesn't make me Luke Smith. I'm not Luke Smith. We look very different. He's very handsome and he has a better beard than me. Uh, We're both short though. That's, I got that going for me. Um, CWB. Do you think that they will make this season the season? Oh, I already read this one. Irish Plague. Uh, with there be a shelf life, do you believe that they'll be forced to refresh vendors? We already answered the vendor question. Mr. B. Do you think that the pinnacles and the ritual weapons should be excluded from the viability term? No, they should not. I'm fine with it. They've already kind of removed them anyway. We're, rituals? I mean, really? I don't think the rituals, anybody's going to be like clutching their edgewise for, you know, two years. I, it, I think it's fine. The Faz. Do you think that they should keep it using infusion fodder to raise light or instead switch to leveling guns and system closer to armor 2.0? I think it's time for slot leveling. I think infusion leveling... Oh, well, they can't go to slot leveling. Slot leveling is basically off the table if they use the infusion limitation. Um, Or they could say everything in the slot hits this level but this outdated weapon doesn't so if you equip it it pulls the slots level down I guess they could still do slot leveling they would just have to implement it a little bit differently um uh turns 31 if they're making weapons obsolete do you think that they will get vendor refreshes at least we've talked about that already vendor refreshes are probably likely result of this as he said they want to focus more on core activities sanctified mind does the single evolving world mean we are staying with d2 i don't think so i think people are reading into that too much too many limitations on the game with respect to the engine and the size to stay in D2 for forever. I think 2022-2023 is the likely launch of the next game. Inferno's Gaiman. Do you think that they will introduce a way to split guns into PvE-PvP type roles? They've never been able to do that. They're not going to start now. It was pretty clear from people like um, Hamrick, Josh Hamrick, that wasn't a possibility. Hogway. Do you think Bungie can design encounters to promote weapons outside of just Outlaw Rampage? I'm sure they can. I actually don't run a lot of Outlaw Rampage right now. Jodicus. With the shelf life of legendary weapons introduced, do you think rather than keeping infusion, should the system go away entirely and go to Diablo loot style drops? Example, you get a god roll, you can always get another drop with better stats and higher light. Um, I don't know if they need to revamp that altogether. They could do that instead of slot leveling or do slot leveling. I don't, it it doesn't sound like they're planning on doing that. It sounds like they're planning on doing this within the infusion system and they're going to keep the infusion system and they're going to then limit something's infusibility. Wishwash. My favorite part of this was him saying how pointless the post-crucible blue dismantle. How do you think they could address making post-strike and post-crucible rewards not be auto-dismantle without over-giving? 
drop something every time where's the harm in that seriously what's where's the harm in that you're gonna give me five guns after a sundial but you can't give me a warden's law every time you're gonna give me five guns at the end of a sundial but you can't give me whatever the iron banner weapon is at the end of every draw like thing like and again again this all this is so much here it all goes together if they have more freedom to make stronger weapons and stronger perks in the ecosystem because there's a lot there's an end game viability lifespan of the weapon they can introduce really cool strong weapons and then they can have them drop every time why because they can have a lot of different variations in the drop rates i'm sorry in the in the perks in the perk pool to make them worthy of chase but then also to justify generosity Just have one drop every time who cares or almost every time uh philip with faction armor coming back to season 10 world pool do you think they will also be adding the weapons dire promise that's been confirmed by dylan dire promise and some of the weapons are coming back well luke smith also mentioned the weapons in the blog post there will be some weapons griffin the owl how do you feel about them officially canning factions and putting the already made gear into ingrams i'm sad i like factions but it is what it is Kobahawk. How do things like Ephrodite Spear and Felwinter's Lie fall out of the PvP meta if that's how weapons would fall out of the, the in and out of the meta in the upcoming season? It is endgame viability, so they won't really fall out of the meta. They'll fall out of the endgame viability meta. I already talked about that. I did a really big hand motion. I said, most of the player base that hangs out down here, and then the player base that hangs out up here. The player base that hangs out up here is concerned about endgame meta, and they're running trials and Grandmaster Nightfalls and raids, and that endgame meta will be the one that changes more often because of this. The people running strikes, public events, and normal crucible, probably not. Oh, does that mean you're going to have stuff that just comes in the game as absurdly strong and dumb and broken and it lives forever? Well, they're still going to make balancing changes. Don't misunderstand what Luke is saying. He's not saying, oh, well, endgame viability will be 9 to 15 months, and now we don't have to nerf or buff anything. We'll just drop weapons in the game and just leave and be like, well, it's not endgame viable in 9 to 15 months. Oh, we're sorry. We made an absurdly strong weapon in Trials, and it needs tweaked, and it needs adjusted. Don't worry. 9 to 15 months of endgame viability. No, they're still going to do balancing. They're still going to have to do that. Kroll. If power level only goes up by 10 each season and the raid is still under power cap, what's going to stop people from using old weapons? Good question. I'm sure they have a solution to that. Parasito. Seasonal infusion limitations and meta expiration sounds an awful lot like the mod affinity change that's coming out next season. Yeah, doesn't it? uh, It sounds like a system that's going to be harmonious and synergistic and they'll work together anyway do you think someone had an aha moment and figured out that there's a way to handle seasonal evolving world when applied to everything i think so listen i made a video it was called bungie fixed the armor chase or something like that the armor chase has been fixed and i said i can go into season of the worthy and i'm ready i have all my dawn armor leveled up i'm ready to go i'm ready for the new seasonal mods at the end of season of the worthy i'm gonna feel like i gotta get ready for the summer season i'm gonna start gearing up and getting armor for the next season because it can run next season's mods and my dawn armor cannot i'm always pushing forward and they took that same principle and they're applying it to guns it's freaking brilliant it's like i've always said this how the biggest struggle we've talked about for the longest time is how do I respect what you grinded for while also saying, come chase this new stuff? And they figured it out. Like the armor chase to me is fixed. 
they're respecting what I worked for this season I got all this armor it's leveled up it's awesome it's ready to go and I can go into the season and I'm ready and then near the end of next season I'm like you know what I have a drive I have an incentive to chase the new armor they're doing both they're spinning both plates and that's really freaking hard to do respecting what you grinded for while incentivizing you chasing new stuff right we've been talking about this for ages how are they going to get you to chase new without undercutting what you currently have and I feel like the rolling forward with seasonal mods and the rolling forward with end game viability is the solution uh swivel would you like to see adept weapons return to playlists like trials nightfalls and raids I would and I think we're going to see them I do I think we're going to see a version of that data Doug the question is what are they going to offer pvp main players to level up in order to be able to compete competitive in pvp endgame trials he talked about that in here they're not super satisfied with xp gains being primarily done in the lost sector we gotta wait for more detail on trials we don't know exactly how that's all gonna play out that's not really related to what we're talking about anyway right now that's a separate Q&A and talk we're doing in a little bit Iron Hand if they aren't able to add a whole bunch of weapons at once do you think they'll take year one weapons away first we've already addressed this yes they'll do it piecemeal I think we'll lose I'm worried that trials is going to be negatively affected by the lack of anti-cheat system we're not talking about that right now Uh, Gus Emmon do you think the availability of time on weapons is going to be varied? For example, world drops having nine months and ritual weapons having 15. Maybe. Maybe that's the spectrum. I don't know. We're speculating right now. He didn't give us specifics. Zendor. As a hardcore PvP player, I don't feel assured I'll have a part uh, in this new trials. It's literally impossible to masterwork exotics to get high stat gear. I feel stuck because Iron Banners, uh, you're just complaining. Figure it out. Time splitter. Under the section Cosmetic Gardeners, it would seem that Luke Smith is hinting that nothing is safe from being cut from the game beyond the seasonal items. If true, what stuff would you like to see cut? You think that he indicated they could cut other things, like maybe strikes that aren't getting aren't getting play? Let me go down here and see. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Where does he seem to indicate um I don't know. You're saying somewhere in here that they feel like they're gonna have they're gonna take other things out, like other strikes and stuff. Um, I don't know. This statement is true for us today to Destiny two year four and beyond. We started this in year three. The job isn't done by this very nature. This is something that we really doesn't have an end. The idea of building a narrative. Okay, that's not it. Control F strikes. I don't think he said strikes. Did you say strikes? I don't think he said that in his question. Change is going to be inevitable. We've said before, Destiny 2 cannot keep growing indefinitely. There's lots of reasons why this is true. Some are technical, some are creative, and some we just want to push into new areas. Um, I don't see this. Seasons can come... Seasons can do some of the heavy lifting here in the sense of giving players a sense of shared purpose and understanding of what was what we're working for. But when we ready expansions, it's a chance to make some more fundamental changes to the game world and its systems. We've done significant system changes to all Destiny games every time we've shifted an expansion, and now we're going to be making more changes to the game world as we go forward. I I don't know. Oh, you're quoting it here. We've done significant system changes to all Destiny. Yeah, I just read that. Okay. I, I, I want to be so careful about reading too deep into this. He's talking about changing systems, so that's more that's more systemic than like removing. Like, oh, we're going to remove stuff. Maybe they change strikes. Maybe they change nightfalls. Maybe they change NPCs and grind. That, those, are, those are systemic changes. Not deleting Mercury from the game, which feel free to do that, by the way, Bungie. Uh, Gus, 
Do you think the availability time on weapons is going to be... You already asked that. Do you see another Last Wish event in the new area is unlocked via raid completion? Total speculation, not worth answering. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to glide very quickly here because we're near the end. Dovahkeen. With Izignagi's perk outlaw being changed to no distractions, wouldn't it make it better to reduce flinch in boss fights? This is too specific. I, flinch in general maybe needs toned down, but boss fights specifically... If you're getting shot by a cannon the size of a dadgum person, then it's probably going to make your head bob. Uh, Oki. How much powerful do you think they can make new gun perks? Is there a danger of making older exotics less viable? Uh, maybe, maybe, but if the game's moving forward, they can always retweak as they need on exotics. Z weed for you. Sorry if this is a repeat, but are you concerned with bonus power to the artifact in Trials? I'm going to talk about that in my Trials talk. Hey, Harry. Would a good compromise with the degradation of weapons be this? When a set of weapons becomes uninfusable, you are allowed to select one weapon that you want to be brought forward. This allows everyone to bring their favorite weapon forward for a little bit longer. This is, with love, a terrible idea. This undercuts the entire reason to even do the system, because there's usually one standout weapon every time, and everybody would pick that. Everybody would drag Midnight Coup forward, right? This is a terrible idea. I'm sorry. It is. There's no reason for them to even go to all this trouble to build a whole system and then to give you a way to get around it, even if it's just one weapon each time. Also, from a database from a database perspective, this is a freaking nightmare. You're going to have millions of players selecting different weapons and all those weapons to the individual player suddenly have different rules applied to them. I really, really don't think this is a good idea. I didn't say it's a dumb question. I said it's a bad idea. This is a bad idea. Um, it would not, it would undercut the entire system. So that's plenty of questions. I went a little bit longer than I wanted to about an hour and 40, probably about an hour and a half hour and 40. We're going to now do the trials talk. I'm going to talk about trials of Osiris, the video, the announcement, and we're going to do Q and a about trials. So no more questions about the director's cut or shifting gears to trials. If you're listening to this elsewhere, iTunes, Google play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live as always. Please like share and subscribe.